forward to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our continuation of our NBA draft analysis series, and we're going to be talking about the Golden State Warriors. So the Golden State Warriors have three picks in this year's draft. They have the second overall pick, the 48th overall pick, and the 51st overall pick. So Jalen, who do you see Golden State selecting with the second overall pick? Man, talk about the luxury of being a Warriors team that has Steph Curry, Klay Thompson. Golly, bro. And then you get to walk around with the second overall pick in your pocket, and you got Draymond Green at power forward. You still got a great coach in Steve Kerr, and you have Andrew Wiggins on the roster who either way can either play for this team or just be another cool little trade chip for Golden State to make another big move to be a part of the playoff picture. Must be good in the Bay to have all of this type of stuff on your back pocket, ain't it, Ryan? Golly, bro. But at the second overall pick, dude, this is assuming that they keep the pick, and I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later on. But if they keep the second overall pick, I think there's three guys they go with, hands down, can't go wrong with them. They get her done with it. James Wiseman out of Memphis is a guy who, I mean, honestly, let's be real. The Warriors have not really had great center play pretty much since they became like the Warriors. I mean, really, when they were at their apex, they had Andrew Bogut, who wasn't even really at his best at offensively and he became almost like a defensive stopper in the paint and became kind of like a rim protecting big for them rather than like an offensive center the way he was in the past James Wiseman automatically brings a two-way player at the center position as a guy who can rim protect and then you throw on top of that the fact that he's a guy who can go in the low post he has post moves he has the ability to shoot within 15 feet he's a guy that if he develops a three-point sh- shot I mean, he has the kind of measurables and the kind of game and the kind of poise to be, you say the ceiling is like a guy like Joel Embiid, and for a team like the Golden State Warriors, you get a guy like Joel Embiid in the form of James Wiseman for not nearly the kind of money that a Joel Embiid commands. I mean, you're talking about throwing the Warriors right back in the mix, and we already understand they're going to be a dangerous team next year, but you're talking about a guy in James Wiseman who automatically helps the Warriors look up and say, we can be a top three team, a top three team in the West off the bat. I think another guy that they can go after is Denny Avdia from overseas. Uh, there's been a lot of talk that they like him, which almost makes me feel like that's the pick they would go with if they're still at the second overall pick when the draft, when draft night hits. I honestly think that Denny gives them a guy at the three that they need who can space the floor and help push the pace. And this is a team that likes to launch threes. And the more up and down they can get with a guy like Denny who can run the floor and facilitate from the three spot, it gives Clay and Steph another chance to be able to just launch, rocket launch threes, but they'll be catching shoot threes instead of them both having to get them off the dribble. It also gives them a chance to open up this floor even more for a guy like Draymond Green, who, let's be honest, Draymond Green dang near got his three-point shot zapped from him Monstar style ever since he lost that three-point contest to Kevin Hart in the All-Star game. So honestly, I think a guy like Denny Avdia opens up 
the floor a lot significantly for a guy like him to get back to the basics and hit a lot of catch and shoot threes as well. And then obviously after that is on Yucca Onkongwu and he's a lesser version of James Wiseman to me from an offensive standpoint, still extremely raw, but you get basically the Andrew Bogut with maybe a little bit more bounce and a little bit more offensive capability in a young springy guy like Onyeka who can definitely rim protect plays tenaciously around the rim offensively and defensively and overall gives guys like Steph Curry a lob threat in the paint, which you know, any team like Golden State that can take an easy two would love to take it when they already know they're going to get a lot of threes. So those are the three guys I would look after. Um, I feel like there's the highest likelihood that they go with Denny, um, but that's just me based on what I've read. Who do you think they should take a look at or maybe even select at number two if they stay there? I think they're going to trade this pick. I don't really see any use for Golden State using this pick. I do think they can go and get a guy like James Wiseman or Danny Avdia, which are two completely different players. Wiseman being more of an old-school NBA center dominating in the low post, and Danny Avdia being a nice wing player with a solid three-point shot. Honestly, I think both of these guys could fit in Golden State's system considering that Golden State needs a center, and Golden State could always use another offensive weapon. Danny Avdia has been climbing draft boards almost as much as Killian Hayes has been, and he can cover multiple positions on the floor, also a versatile defender, a versatile defender, and definitely an underrated shot blocker for his position. And also has a high basketball IQ, which actually doesn't get talked about a lot with a guy like Denny Avdia. And of course, Wiseman, solid rim protector who is athletic, and he averaged just under 20 points a game, just under 11 rebounds a game in his couple games at Memphis. He still needs to develop his offensive skills and shoot threes, but Honestly, I think there's a lot of promise with a guy like James Wiseman. Ultimately, I don't think Golden State's going to use this pick because I think they're going to trade out of it. I just don't see a need for Golden State to honestly select a guy like LaMelo Ball or a guy like Anthony Edwards with their top two picks. Honestly, yes, they have the pick of the litter considering that it's the second overall pick, but I just don't see a need for them. And, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I do feel like they need a little bit of depth to them. I, they lost a lot of guys over the past year. Willie Cauley-Stein not really getting a ton of run due to injury. Um, obviously, Andre Iguodala. Sean Livingston is no longer on the roster for them. He's more of like an assistant coach for them now. Um, they're a team that, I mean, does kind of need to fill out because they don't have the roster that went on these championship runs anymore. This is a Golden State team that has, you know, the main cogs, obviously, in Curry, uh, Thompson, and Draymond Green. But at the same time, the West is way caught up to what's going on with Golden State. They've caught up and then some. The Clippers, nonetheless, of what we saw in the playoffs – are a team to still be reckoned with. The Lakers could potentially be walking out of 2020 as the NBA champions. The Denver Nuggets have proven to all of us that we need to stop sleeping on them. And that doesn't even factor in teams like Houston, who could potentially be getting a new coach, which means that they could potentially also be getting a new offensive system. There's a lot of different routes that we can go. I mean, that's not even discussing teams like the Suns, Pelicans, and San Antonio Spurs, who all have young rosters, who showed us some promise in the bubble. Like, let's not even forget just how dangerous the West is at the bottom, let alone the top. So, 
I do think they need to gear up a little bit. And I feel like the fact that they have three draft picks in this draft is pretty huge. Ryan, here's my question to you, because you're the one who's more on the fence about whether or not they keep the second overall pick than me. I feel as though I don't think they'll keep it, but I think it all comes down to what the price tag is. So what do you think in your heart of hearts is the price tag for the second overall pick in a draft class that's not extremely deep in terms of superstar talent? and pretty much is kind of a three-horse race when it comes to the guys at the top. I do think a player is going to be involved if Golden State trades away the second overall pick. That player is going to probably end up being Andrew Wiggins. You mentioned that he was a possible trade piece that Golden State could use to build up their roster more with better players. Considering that it was basically an injury-riddled season last year for Golden State, and the fact that they didn't have a lot of talent to begin with on that roster, they honestly just need to take what they have and build on it. I think Andrew Wiggins was a solid player for them last year. I think the price tag is definitely going to include a guy like Wiggins, maybe a guy off the bench like Jordan Poole, um, along with the second overall pick. Maybe go find somebody who, who would like to have – those two players, and the second overall pick. I mentioned Detroit in the last episode. They really need some picks, and they could also use some players as well to fill in some positional holes. Maybe if they get rid of a guy like Blake Griffin or even a guy, I guess, like Luke Kennard, I would think that that's not a bad option for a team like Detroit. Golden State can honestly do whatever they want with this pick because – I still feel like the price tag is a, is a player like Andrew Wiggins, maybe somebody off the bench, but you have to, you have to trade this pick to a contending team. I mean, I definitely agree that it's going to have to be a team that is willing to warrant on a player like Andrew Wiggins, because I think that there's going to have to be some kind of catch in this type of, in this type of situation where the draft is as top heavy as it is. Um, whether or not it's a contender, I'm not necessarily sure if the contender would be the one making, you know, said transaction. I think the team that wants to trade for a pick like that has to have a disgruntled superstar who wants to end up on a contender, obviously. Obviously, the first thing teams that open up to mind, Detroit, um, Washington to a lesser degree in terms of all the rumors surrounding Bradley Beal, of course. Cleveland was one that we mentioned in the past in terms of a guy like Kevin Love, who dang near got traded for Clay Thompson at one point. So, I throw Sacramento in there too with Buddy Heald. Agreed. Honestly, that's and that's a that's an underrated one because although we don't talk about Buddy Heald in the superstar light, top th- one of the top three point shooters in the league, literally only behind. Stephen Clay in terms of shooting percentage on the types of attempts that he takes. Um, he's a guy who would fit instantly in. Yeah, it would turn Clay Thompson into a three, but honestly, as a guy who can guard the one through the three, I don't think it would translate into anything that Golden State could not, you know, be able to work within. So any of those teams, honestly, although they may not be quote unquote contenders, they have guys who would like to be on a contending roster and do have the kind of teams 
for example, with Sacramento, like you mentioned, that would definitely love to be able to have a pick swap where instead of picking at 12, they can get a guy like Andrew Wiggins in the second for a guy like maybe Buddy Heald in 12. And maybe, you know, obviously maybe Golden State has to throw another player in there to make the contract work or whatever the circumstances may be. But I think the Kings would love a circumstances like that. I think the Pistons would love a crack at a guy like LaMelo Ball or Anthony Edwards to a lesser degree. I, I mean, you know, I completely agree with that, honestly. Even Cleveland to a, to a lesser degree that's only at five, I think if they can get a guy like LaMelo, they would swing for it. Um, if they could get a guy like James Wiseman and maybe move on from Andre Drummond in, in the trade, they would maybe swing on it. So, yeah, they have their options, honestly. They have a lot of different ways that they can go with the second overall pick, which makes them, you know, just as dangerous as they've ever been, despite the fact that they've never really had to worry about a lottery pick, you know, for like the last half a decade, pretty much. So it's kind of scary to see a team this dominant, this high in the draft, but Here's kind of some food for thought. The last time we saw anything remotely in this in this realm draft-wise, the San Antonio Spurs had a rough season. They ended up picking up Tim Duncan, and it turned into a 22-plus playoff run for them. So if that's what Golden State has in their future, man, the league is on fire. But enough about the second pick, dude. We all understand that the second pick is what Golden State's bread and butter is. It's what's going to allow them to make so many different moves this offseason because they can pretty much dangle that and Andrew Wiggins in front of just about anybody they want, giving them a phone call, and it could potentially turn into a transaction. But let's move into these second round picks because we got the 48th and the 51st still on the table. And Golden State, we know how they operate. They got Draymond Green in the second round for crying out loud. So, Ryan, let's just start with the 48th overall pick, man. Who do you think is a great option as a late, we're talking really late first round now. So, guys like, you know, Cassius Winston and guys like that, Jaden McDaniels, Jamias Ramsey, Cassius Winston, Devin Dotson, they're probably not going to be on the board anymore by the time we get to 48th. We're getting to the crack of the end. We're getting an Isaiah Thomas 60 overall pick territory. So who do you think with the first strike in the second round they get at 48? I think with the 48th overall pick, I think they select a guy that we talked about in the combine episode and maybe one of the best defenders in this draft, a guy like Ashton Hagens out of Kentucky. Honestly, a great compliment coming off the bench as well for a guy like Steph Curry. So um, I think – with a guy like Ashton Higgins, definitely a great player for teams to have, especially considering that he's an athletic guard, really known for his defense. He's averaged 11 and six at Kentucky, just under two steals a game, six, three guards should really fit well in the league considering that there's a lot of guards who are six, three. And I think that he adds quickness as well to his defense. He's a very intense defender on the offensive side, also known for his passing ability being able to set his teammates up on the transition or on transition after creating turnovers on the defensive side. It's really being able to have a guy like Ashton Hagens thrive when he can either drive to the paint or kick it out or kick the ball out to one of its teammates. And like I said, a guy who's one of the best defenders in this draft and a very underrated offensive player averaging 11 and six coming out of college. 
I mean, he is a guy who's uh, who's used to playing in a three-guard system. I'm kind of glad that you mentioned him because he is somebody that's worth consideration for this. I do wonder whether or not Ashton Hagens has the kind of three-point stroke that Golden State's into. Um, his running mate, Emmanuel Quickly, actually kind of more fits that mold when we talk about three-point shooters in a Golden State system. But I honestly like him from a defensive standpoint because at the end of the day, you're going you're gonna to need guys – to be able to play on both sides of the ball. And as potent as Steph Curry is offensively, I mean, yes, he plays passing lanes. Yes, Golden State operates in a system where they, they switch on pick and rolls. They do different things that put their guards in a, in a position where Steph Curry doesn't have to get picked on by the positionless basketball-style guards where we're getting 6'5 to 6'9 guys on Steph Curry who can, you know, by, by any chance also be able to ball handle. Um I think the guy that they should go with, and he's actually projected here at 48th by Tankathon, is Malachi Flynn out of San Diego State. You were talking about going to go get some buckets. Dude averaged 17.6 points per game, five assists, 4.5 rebounds, did it on 37% shooting from three, 44% from the field. Actually, in the advanced stats category, he actually shot 38% from NBA three-point range which means he actually got better with distance. Now, look, Ryan, I don't know a ton about Golden State in terms of being like a fan of them, but if there's anything I know about Golden State is they like guys who can shoot from range. It seems like with Klay Thompson and with Steph Curry, the further they move, the, the further they are away from the basket, the more likely it is to go in. And Malachi Flynn literally screams up that alley in a similar mode of guys who can shoot from distance and he's also just a scrappy guy plays on both sides of the ball just an overall good offensive player to put in their system shows two-way ability with that with that steal um steal count with nearly two steals per game on a per 36 minute basis he averages dang near 20 points per game like He's a guy who I feel like you can plug in the Golden State system and, you know, I think he can produce off the bench automatically. And he's a, and he has, he has plus defender tendency because he's six one, but he has a six, three wingspan, which is a plus wingspan. In his case, he's a seasoned player as a junior out of San Diego state. And he's 185 pounds, which, if you put a little bit more on his body, he might even be able to become a better plus defender, at least guarding backcourts. So I think Malachi Flynn, Ashton Hagens, I love him as a defensive prospect. And like you said before, I think his offensive capabilities are underrated, but I literally feel like Malachi Flynn screams Golden State as a second round pick. I mean, it may just be me, but I think he's a guy who could easily be plugged in and do wonders off the bench for them. And I agree. I think Malachi Flynn is an efficient scorer. He's not really the most explosive athlete, but I feel like he's able to space the floor for guys like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. So honestly, that's a solid choice with the 48th overall pick. But transitioning to their other pick at 51, Jalen, I have to ask, again, you mentioned we're getting closer to that 60th pick late second round territory. Who do you see that who do you see Golden State selecting with the 51st overall pick? Honestly, I had to flirt around with this one a little bit because at the end of the day, you don't want to just be throwing guards at Golden State, right? Like I understand that Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are no joke, but at the same time, they do need that depth. But there there's 
you know, there's a discrepancy between their bench that I feel like just needs to be addressed. And I felt like Malachi Flynn was a, was a great way to address that. And I think that following up with Sam Merrill out of Utah State would be a really good way to do that. 6'5 guy, 205 pounds, senior out of Utah that averaged dang near 20 points per game. Ryan, I cannot harp on the three-point shooting enough, dude. Dude shot 41% from three-point range. Dude shot 46% from the floor as a primary option on a Utah State team that was in the, the national discussions as a top 25 team in the AP poll at one point. This is a team that was extremely dangerous, and Sam Merrill had a ton to do with that. Now, is Sam Merrill the greatest defender at his position? No but he's a scrappy defender, which means he's going to play on ball. And he's going to play strong. Is he a guy that's going to be an explosive finisher at the rim? No, I don't believe so. But he moves so well off the ball that he's going to be able to put himself in great catch and shoot, great catch and shoot situations. He shoots extremely efficient. And he's a guy that shoots dang near 40% from NBA three point range um, due to uh According to the advanced stats, it, he actually shoots 39.4% from NBA three, which is almost as well as he shot from college three. He's not a guy who's going to turn the ball over. And on a, on a Golden State team where he's not going to get a ton of usage, he's the kind of guy with the mentality that he has and the three-point stroke that he has that is going to get you about 10 to 15 points off the bench as just an active body on the roster. I feel like he's going to be a guy who can play himself into points and put himself as a, as a smart veteran, so to speak, out of college, put himself in the proper positions to be able to score as a cog in the Golden State offense. So I think he's a guy you could plug right in, again, off the bench as a three-point shooter who can kind of get his points in the flow of the game. So I'm going to go with Sam, Sam Merrill out of Utah State because I think he's the truth, low-key. And to get him that late, I think it's pretty solid. I honestly don't think they're going to get a guy like Sam Merrill because I think now they have to focus on other positions. I think small forward, power forward, center, they have to focus on that. They have to focus on that going into the 51st pick. So I think they can go a couple different directions with this pick. And both of them, I believe, can either – help Andrew Wiggins come off the bench or help Draymond Green coming off the bench. The first one's Lamar Stevens out of Penn State, a guy who averaged 17-6 and six this past season before, of course, the shutdown, and 19-7 um, and and as a junior the last season before that. I think Lamar Stevens is a, another guy who can just score almost at will. Maybe one of the best players in the Big Ten considering the fact that if the coronavirus didn't happen, Lamar Stevens would have ended his career as Penn State's all-time leading scorer. And I feel like he's going to come into the NBA with a purpose because he wants to play basketball. I think he's maybe one of the underrated players in this draft. Golden State can get a scoring machine like Lamar Stevens with the 51st pick. I also think they can get Kenya Martin Jr. out of the IMG Academy. Um, a guy who's an explosive forward, and I think he's one of the most underrated players in this draft. He's not really big for a power forward being at 6'7 and 215 pounds, but honestly, he's maybe one of the most athletic power forwards in this draft. I mentioned in the last episode that I think he's a great rim protector. I still think he's a great rim protector. Maybe one of the best blocking power forwards in this draft as well. 
he's shown a lot of growth, not only as a shooter and a passer, but as a ball handler as well in space. I feel like he's athletic enough to guard multiple positions. I mean, I definitely think Kenyon Martin Jr. specifically is swinging a ton on potential, which would be kind of interesting for a championship caliber team like Golden State that wants to get right back into the mix quick. So I definitely think that would be swinging a little for them. Um, Not too crazy, though. Um, Lamar Stevens is a name that first time on the podcast, but I've seen his name floated around a lot. And I think being able to grab a guy like him out of Penn State would be kind of huge. Um, I think it should be noted that, you know, the biggest reason why I'm not as huge on the Kenny Martin thing is only because of a lot of the other picks that we've already named off. And there's a consistent pattern to them, Ryan. Besides the guys like James Wiseman and Denny Avdia, the guys at two that we're potentially talking about, everybody else that we've named in the second round so far has been exactly what? An upperclassman in college. They've got seasoned basketball underneath their belt. They're guys who you can plug right into a Golden State system, put them next to a guy like Steph Curry, put them next to a guy like Klay Thompson, put them around the intense man-child that is Draymond Green, and put them in a position to win. We haven't even discussed guys like Eric Pascal, who made the first all-rookie team this year, and for good reason. He was a great contributor at the four position for them. So I think a guy like Lamar Stevens as firepower could be a good punch for them that they could use. Um, like I said before, Kenya Martin Jr. to me, I feel like might be a bit of a swing just because, like I said before, I feel like Golden State would be better off going for more older, well-seasoned players to plug right into their system rather than swinging on potential real late in the draft. But um, yeah, I think either one of those picks are really good. And I can't really blame you for diverting from the guard spot a little bit because at the end of the day, you know, this team is just trying to fill out his roster as best as it can to put, you know, their star players back in position to be championship uh, caliber. So I think any of those guys that we've, ne- that we've mentioned could be um, a contributing player off the bat, really, regardless of where they're picked. So that's a good transition to our question of the day for our fans. What position do you think Golden State needs the most? Do you think they need a guard, a forward, or a center? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk Podcast. Make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars. And, of course, make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.